And I wonder if we can reflect on things that we're thankful for in 2020. Now, I don't need you to shout it out. You can do that quietly where you're at. What is it that you're thankful for from last Thanksgiving to this Thanksgiving? What are things that have transpired that you just say, God, you are so good and I'm so thankful? What I really appreciated about that video is is the fact that they, they did not ignore all of the no's, right? Here are all the things that went wrong. But God doesn't waste a moment. So this morning, my hope and my prayer is that we would be able to express Thanksgiving. Not just, not just celebrate a holiday. You know, it's, it's Thanksgiving Day in this, this week. It's, it's a, a single moment where we get to speak words of Thanksgiving. I wonder if we could look in Scripture at what it means to truly be thankful I'm very aware of the fact that words are very powerful. The things you say have a lot of weight. They mean a lot, but, but, but sometimes actions, often actions, carry even more weight. I think of the, the man and the woman who were married for 70 years. 70 years. And as they were talking about the length of their marriage together, um, the wife pointed out, you know, he never tells me that he loves me. Ever. I don't think I've ever heard it. And so they asked the man, after 70 years of marriage, why don't you tell your wife you love her more? And he said, well, I told her the day we got married, and if anything changes, I'll let her know. You know? The, the truth is, words mean something, but the fact that they were married for 70 years means a whole lot more, doesn't it? Oh, sure, husbands, tell your wives you love them. Right? Husbands, talk to your wives. Don't go 70 years without saying it, but, but there was something in his actions that meant something more. Our actions and what we do speak volumes, even more so than what what our words would say. And so as we look at Scripture this morning, I want to look not just at at the word thanksgiving or what we we say we're thankful for, but how do we express it? How how do we share that with others? How do we do it in a biblical way? There's an account in the book of Luke. We're going to read chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, about 10 men who received a blessing that they should be thankful for. And as we read this, we're going to see the expression of thanksgiving from one remarkable individual that stands out from the rest. Let's read together Luke chapter 17, starting in verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along, that is Jesus, passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. To understand exactly what leprosy is, particularly in this first century, uh, we understand leprosy is a hundred times worse than COVID, okay? Uh, Leprosy is is a contagious disease, we can relate to that, but one that transmits very quickly just by touch. One that often has deadly effects, 
and if nothing else, has extremely painful effects. Something that is typically a lifelong disease. Now, there were instances of people who had leprosy uh, being healed or cured. Uh, And so the, the process was, if by fortunate chance, and it was a remote possibility, but if by chance you were diagnosed with leprosy and you were healed, then then your, uh, your policy was to go and show yourself to a religious individual, the priest, and he would do an inspection. Uh, he actually has an entire chapter in the book of Leviticus dedicated to all of these steps he has to take to declare you clean and healed and healthy. It was only at that time could you get out of your leprosy quarantine and go back to society. It was an extremely painful, difficult life to live, and one that these ten men begged and pleaded, Jesus, will you heal us and make us well? What's amazing to me is that Jesus, without any other knowledge or information shared, heals these ten men unqualified. Just heals them. I'm reminded of the fact that we have from time to time people who come to our church service uh, or our church throughout the week and and ask for assistance in our community. And and I'm very thankful that that your giving to First Baptist Church allows us to to meet people's needs in our community. But anytime we we do one of these things, I I sit down with them and I have about uh, six or seven questions that I go through and, and gather some information. And I try to contact some other agencies to see if there are ways that we can help. And and as I was reading this, Jesus did not have a process for healing. He didn't have a form to fill out. He didn't require identification. He he didn't go through all of these these steps in this paperwork. Jesus, out of his graciousness and goodness, and I will add infinite wisdom and understanding, simply healed these ten men. Now, I don't have any equivalent to healing of leprosy in 2020, except the closest thing I could say is, can you imagine, can you imagine us as a church praying, Lord, heal the world of coronavirus, and him wiping it clean without any questions or qualifications, and we're made clean to go. Think of the rejoicing that would be if all sanctions were lifted and all health was restored. If, if the infectious disease were gone, think about the, the amount of praise that would take place. This is, this is a glimpse to the picture of these ten men. Their lives are literally changed forever. But as we read, not all ten of them expressed their thankfulness in the same way. So as we unwrap this passage of scripture i want to look at ways that they commonly responded to jesus and then a single way that made one man stand out from the rest we think about expressing thankfulness the first thing we have to understand is we must be people who recognize our need for help if we're going to be thankful we have to understand we need assistance from god If we're going to praise him for salvation, we need to know, God, we need you to save us. And so in this passage, we see that there were 10 men who recognized their need, appropriately looked at their situation and said, God, I can't do this on my own. We have to come to a place where we we look at our lives and say, God, I'm not worthy and able to pull myself out of whatever pit I've found myself in. And so this morning, I wonder if we can look at these 10 men and recognize 
The goodness in the fact that they realized that they were in need of assistance. I'm a very proud person. I don't like to ask for help a whole lot. Occasionally, because um, I'm stupid and I know that I need help in some things, I'll contact my father-in-law and ask for help or assistance with something. But for the most part, I like to YouTube and do things myself. This has worked really well in a lot of ways. And it's worked really bad in a lot of ways. Just this week, um, Ashton was ha- she has one of our old phones and was having an issue with the battery that needed it to be replaced. And so I told her I would order her a replacement battery for her, her old phone, and I would try to put it in her, her phone and, and restore, uh, restore her, her functionality. She was extremely nervous because I've done this twice before. The first time I tried to do it was my own personal phone, and somehow I touched a metal tweezer to a metal something in the phone, and it fried the entire phone. And so I went probably about two months having to borrow somebody else's phone because I had no functionality. I messed it up. I successfully did it a second time with an old phone we had when we gave it to one of our kids, and I'm batting 50-50. And so I told her I would order it, and she's nervously waiting. Can Daddy do it or can Daddy not? We get in these positions where we think we can do things on our own, but often it's over our head. I know you're waiting on pins and needles. Did I fix the phone or did I not fix the phone? Did the battery work or did the battery not work? Well, some of you younger ones who have kids messenger know that Ashton has been messaging you again. Praise God, he's given me wisdom that I didn't know I have. The phone works, right? But we understand it's beyond our capabilities and it very well could go the other way. We do this in our everyday lives, don't we? God, I I think I can handle this. I think I've got it. It's worth the risk. Maybe I messed things up worse, but, but I think that I have the ability to do these things. But we put ourselves on a pedestal as if we don't need anyone else's help. God, I have this under control. I appreciate your help, but I'm going to do steps A, B, C, and D. I don't need any assistance. Can we stop this morning and recognize that, that these 10 men all were at a place in life where they stepped back and said, God, I need your help. We ought to admire all ten men for having the humility to come before God and say, God, I can't do this on my own. I don't know what you have in in your life, what's going on in, in, in your lives this week or maybe this month or this year that you say, God, I'm overwhelmed and I've been trying to fix things. I've got a plan of action and it's just not working. Maybe today you, like these ten men, need to come before God and say, God, I need your help. The first step in being thankful to God is allowing him to help you when you cannot help yourself. The second way we we express our thankfulness is to respond to God in obedience. I, I want to point out that as much as we like to give the other nine a hard time for not returning, that there were actually ten men who responded in obedience. Jesus gives a command, go and show yourself to the priest. And in Luke chapter 17, it says all ten men went on their way to see the priest. Every single one of them. Now, here's what's miraculous about this act of obedience is Jesus told them to show themselves to the priest before they were healed. See, the the normal process would be once you're healed, show yourself to the priest. He looked at these ten infected men and said, you're sick, go to the priest and he'll take care of it. And these ten men, knowing full well that they were not able to have an audience with the priest, 
obeyed the words of Jesus Christ, even when it was in the face of everything culture would tell them, and they walked towards the temple. God calls us to do things in obedience often that seem contrary to what makes sense to us. God says, I I want you to be faithful, and, and you say, but the whole culture tells me the opposite. I want you to be involved in church and and know people in the congregation and all of culture says that church is unimportant and there are other priorities. God says, I want you to share your faith with other individuals and there's a whole culture that says you keep that to yourself. Religion is meant for your own private hearts not to be shared with other people. We see God often commanding us to do things that the rest of the world would say is crazy. And these ten men, we ought to recognize these 10 men went in their leprous selves and said, if Jesus says go to the priest, even in our leprous state, we'll go to the priest. If Jesus says do it, we will do it. If Jesus says go, we will go. The next step in expressing thankfulness is to be obedient, to trust that if you're seeking God's help, he's going to give you the right answers. Think of a a fictional illustration that's one of my favorites of a a deacon in this really formal, stuffy church. They were having a revival service, and and of course, as they were having this revival service, they had this invitation where people are invited to come forward, and nobody is moving in this old, stuffy church. And this deacon in this old, stuffy church in his suit during this revival is standing there still like everyone else is standing still and feels this, this small voice whisper, go up to the front. So this, this old stuffy deacon thinks, okay, I think this is the voice of God. I guess I should go up front. That's easy enough. And he starts walking down to the front. As he gets to the front of the aisle, he hears this still small voice say, kneel down by the piano. And so the deacon says, I don't really know exactly what's going on here, what I need to do, but, but I will kneel down by the piano. And as he's kneeling there quietly, nobody's moving, the the invitation song is still playing, he hears this still small voice, cluck like a chicken. Well, at this point, the deacon gets a little confused. Okay, God, it was easy to come forward. It was easy to kneel down, but I'm not so sure clucking like a chicken is the voice of God. By the way, if any of you during our invitation song starts clucking like a chicken, see me after the service. I've got questions for you. And so this man in his full suit, knelt down by the piano, thought, I'll be faithful. And he starts clucking like a chicken. And about that time, three men from the back stand up simultaneously and run down front, talk to the the, uh, evangelist. They all three give their lives to Christ. And afterwards, the evangelist asks, what prompted you to come down so quickly? And all three of them had the same account. Not talking to each other, they all three said, well, I told God I wasn't going to listen to him, but if he could make the most stuffy man in this church go down and cluck like a chicken, I'll come forward. And sure enough, there he was. You know? Now, this is a fictional story. It has not happened as far as I know. But man, what an illustration of a faithfulness to God when it doesn't make sense. We don't know how God is working and how God is moving, and sometimes God says, in your sin, in your leprous state, just go. And as we respond in faithfulness and in obedience, God does a work. That's what else I want us to realize about these ten men is that Jesus didn't selectively heal the one he knew would be be faithful and thankful. There were ten men who received healing. All ten of them were healed. Depending on, on how you read this, I'll tell you how I interpret it, is that all ten of these men represent being saved 
Now, were they all spiritually saved? That we don't know. But what we do know is they were all physically saved. It's a reminder that when we respond in obedience, God's desire is to heal us. He wants to save us. And there are 10 men who on their way to to see the priest in the temple look down at their bodies and go, my leprosy is healed. It's gone. God does a miraculous work in all 10 men. Now, I don't know how I would have responded in that moment. I don't know how these 10 men responded in that moment. But I, I have a feeling what they did not do was, oh, I guess I'm healed. This looks good. Okay, let's go on to the priest. <laughs> I've got a feeling that what they did not do was, was cross their arms and ponder for a minute whether or not they really were healed. I've got a feeling what they did not do was slow down on their way to the temple and think, I better make sure this is really happening. My guess and my hunch is, particularly the nine, but probably all ten, leapt and shouted for joy as they saw their skin clearing up. My guess is as they were walking to the temple, their pace picked up and they started sprinting to the temple. My guess is that they reacted in a way that we can only describe as thankfulness and worship. God, look at what you've done for me. Let me respond in excitement. I do genuinely believe that all ten men had thankful hearts. I don't think that these other nine were sitting back and saying, well, of course he was going to heal me. That's what he's supposed to do. I think all ten men received a healing due to their recognition of their need and their obedience to respond to Jesus' words. They received the healing and they, in their own way, expressed thankfulness, but not, not in the genuine way. Because while ten men received healing, there was only one man who recognized and realized the source of that healing. This is when our thankfulness goes from words that are spoken to actions that are expressed. When we recognize who the one is that did the healing. These nine men were so concerned with seeing the priest These nine men were so concerned with with getting a declaration of health. Their focus was not on the giver of healing, but on the receiver. Their focus was on, look how healthy I am. And sure, there's thankfulness and excitement, but all of their motivation is to get to the temple, to complete what they wanted for their lives. There was one man who paused and saw the goodness that surrounded him and said, this isn't anything that I've done. You realize that this leper was not allowed to be around human beings until he's declared clean by the priests. And so their motivation should have been to be declared as quickly as possible. Maybe some of them had this motivation, I'll go get clean and then go back and find Jesus, if I can even find him. I'll I'll go get clean and then tell other people. I'll go and, and do this and then receive this thankful heart. The one man said, it doesn't matter where I'm at, what I'm doing, right here, right now. The most important thing is for me to go and find the one who healed me. He didn't just stop and say, God, thank you. He turned around and he found Christ. He acted on his thankful heart. Jesus recognizes this. He asks the man a question, where's the other nine? Aren't they thankful too? And I think the implied answer is yes, of course they're thankful. But they responded much differently. Their thankfulness was on what they were receiving, not on who was giving it. 
think it's really telling that, that the closing verse of this passage, Jesus looks at him after he has physically healed him. And there's a different type of healing Jesus recognizes in the one. Verse 19, he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. There are a lot of people who express gratitude for God. You can watch any award ceremony. You can watch the ESPYs and see sports awards. You can watch the Grammys and see music awards. You can watch movie awards and you can see anybody receiving an award. Post-game interviews, holding up whatever trophy they have and saying, first let me thank my God and Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. You can say whatever words you want to say and, and there are people just like these other nine lepers who express gratitude and thanksgiving with their lips but they continued to go about their way. The one took time to recognize that the giver of healing was more important than the receiver of healing. And it's in this attitude that we see the physical healing falls away and the spiritual healing, which is the more important healing, takes root. The most important words Jesus said were not, go show yourself to the priest but to the one when he said, your faith has made you well. A true believer in Christ cannot simply say the words, thank you, God. They show the words. They live the words and they recognize the source of those blessings. So as we get ready to celebrate Thanksgiving this week, can we remind ourselves that it's not the receiving of the blessings that we're thankful for. We're thankful for the one who gives those blessings. We're thankful for the one who is always there, even when we're selfishly thinking of ourselves. We're thankful for the one who is able to continue to be faithful to us over and over again. I want to spend some time just praying and thanking God for being good to us. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, you have blessed us in so many ways. And Lord, right now we can confess to you the way you've blessed us with health and safety Lord, you've blessed us many with, with jobs, many with new opportunities. You've blessed us with family. Lord, you've blessed us with a, a church. You've blessed us with, oh Lord, so much that we're thankful for. Lord, it's so easy to take those blessings and make them about ourselves. Lord, we thank you for the good things. But more than anything, we just thank you for you. We thank you for being the one who gives us good things. Lord, being thankful for you reminds us that even when things aren't going well, we can be thankful because you're still the source. You're still in control. And so this week, Lord, let us set aside the things that we have and let us be thankful for the relationship we have, knowing you as Savior and Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.